When it's time to be discreet, there's one thing you just can't beat. And that's a strapless, backless, classical little black dress. Well, first you go rip, rip, rip. Then you go snip, snip, snip. Then you whip it a zip, zip, zip. I spit it up to the hip, hip, hip. And as you strip, strip, strip. Shiver, shiver. For that soft caress as you slip, slip, slip into that little black dress. Hello. And welcome to here's Johnny's Reviews and my look at a little-known sequel to the cult classic Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was last week's episode, so check that guys if you haven't already listened to it. Cold Shock Treatment. Is this any good? I wouldn't know, as I've never actually watched this. So, as I slip in the DVD to review this, this will be my first honest reaction to this movie. With the research I have done, however, on this, I see it was supposed to be an instant cult movie. Also, that writer and star, Richard O'Brien, hates this movie, only praising the soundtrack, calling this movie a confusing jumbled mess with terrible acting throughout. So, if the star hates the movie, then God knows what I'm going to think about this thing. So, let's see if this is an, an equal, not a sequel, or a prequel to Rocky Horror Picture Show. With a budget of $3.5 million and pulling in, well, God only knows, because I cannot find any information on how much money this, this movie actually made. Online, anywhere. As this was only released on Halloween night 1981 at midnight, and only ever released at midnight throughout its short run in the theatre or cinemas. Uh, here it is, the movie that predicted a Big Brother style TV shows um, and Truman Show. Sorry. Basically, this thing predicted reality TV shows well before the Truman Show and Ed TV. Starring Jessica Harper, Cliff DeYoung, Richard O'Brien, Patricia Quinn, Neil Campbell, Charles Gray, Ruby Blacks, Rick Mayo, and Barry Humphreys, directed by Jim Sharman. And the plot, several years after the events of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, a now married Brad and Janet are having marriage problems and are tricked into appearing on a TV show to fix their marriage. Janet becomes a major new reality TV star, whereas Brad gets shock treatment and then thrown in a, into a padded cell. I think that's what happens because, yeah, I've, I said I've never seen this movie before, so I have no idea. So, with only half the cast of Rocky Horror Picture Show, and Susan Sarandon refusing to come back, Barry Bosnick was off filming something else, and Tim Curry said, no, here it is, shock treatment. And the movie opens up on a freeze frame of the movie's villain, Farley Flavors. And you know that's a good movie when it has a free-frame opener. As the Halloween 3 font scrolls past with the cast names. The camera pulls down onto a TV studio and pans around showing us the sets for the various TV shows. As a folk version of the Time Warp is played, unless my ears deceive me, it sounds like a bloody folksy version of the Time Warp. A grip then lets in the baying audience to take their seats and act like it's a bloody Black Friday event everything is 50% off. I mean, for God's sake, it's a TV studio for fuck's sake, it'll be freezing cold and rock hard seats. But anyway, moving on. But then introduced to our new Brad Majors, played by Cliff Young of Flight and Navigator, Dr. Giggles, which is a great movie, search it out, The Tommy Knockers, The Craft, and multiple TV shows, and Janet Majors, played by Jessica Harper of Suspiria, Minority Port and well Suspiria Remake. That's about it. They take their seats with the most colourful, happy audience I've ever seen. The camera pans up 
too sure a neon sign for Denton, the home of happiness, as this is one big gigantic TV set, as I said earlier. As the painfully lame song kicks in with Denton, uh, with some of the worst ever rhymes I've ever bloody heard. These rhymes are pathetic. Spot British pop icon Sita as one of the young cheerleaders. This song is so, quote, catchy, the entire audience sings and dances along with it, trying desperately to copy the Rocky Horror Picture Show's success and failing miserably. And notice how the now uber geek Brad can't even clap in time. Subtle much, he's never poindexter. Even though he had no problem singing and dancing during Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay then. We're introduced to Betty Hapshat, played by Ruby Wax of Omen 3, and we've covered two years ago, check my archives, Chariots of Fire, The Borrowers, Avfab, and her multiple talk shows. And her co-host, Judge Wright, Judge Oliver Wright, even, played by Charles Gray, of well, that one one movie you remember, and the other one you don't. As he pretty much breaks down reality TV shows, saying they're built on lies, deception, and little bits of truth. Hmm, get in. Brad and Janet are plucked out of the audience to appear on a new show, Marriage Maze, and it seems like this TV station has a new show every 10 bloody minutes. Moving on, but not before the fake advert for Farley Fast Food. And boy, do I need to change their logo, it looks like a bloody swastika. With all the Fs facing inwards, and it looks like a swastika. Moving on. As the judge and Betty flirt a group named Neely, played by Betty Bradley of Princess Bride, who friend Roger Rabbit, Deep Impact and Double Jeopardy, congratulates Betty on another great in-depth interview. Yeah, because a 30-second one-question interview is really in-depth. Mm. We're then introduced to, quote, blind quiz show host Bert Schnick, uh, played by Barry Humphreys, a.k.a. Dame Edna Everidge, of The Howling Free, Spice World, Finding Nemo, Alabio and Afab the movie, as well as many, many TV shows addressed as Dame Edna. I love how he's supposed to be German, but he still has his thick Australian accent. Anyway, he pulls at quote random Brad and Janet from the audience to be in his new show, Marriage Maze. We're finally introduced to the villain in true Bond villain style, sitting in a darkened room, smoking and spinning around, looking directly at bloody the camera, right down the fucking barrel. Farley Flavors, played also by Cliff Young. He hates Brad and wants Janet badly. Bert picks on Brad uh, and forces him to have shock treatment on Denton Vale, another TV show. Hmm. After he gets him to sing a song about kitchen appliances such as blenders, toasters and even a bloody fridge. With some of the worst rhymes ever, uh, this is called a bitchin' in the kitchen. And my god, he sings about fucking bins and all sorts of crap. It's like, Jesus. And her rhymes are even worse. She sings about shower curtains and pantyhose and god knows what. Anyway, if I thought Clifton Young's singing voice was bad, Jessica Harper's is even worse. Mind you, these songs are terrible, so why the hell would you put effort into them? She, as I was saying, she sings about shower curtains and toothpaste and just how much of what was Richard O'Brien on when he wrote these bloody songs. Okay then. Out from the padded cell set comes with a wheelchair a rest home Ricky, played by the late great Rick Mal of Young Ones Bottom and Drop Dead Fred. He wheels, wheels even poor Brad off to have shock treatment because he's quote boring and clumsy. 
on to the Dentonville set. We're introduced to, quote, Dr. Cosmo McKinley, played by Richard O'Brien, and his sister, quote, Dr. Nation McKinley, played by Patricia Quinn, both Rocky Horror alum. Uh, out comes, quote, Nurse Anna Salong, I think I said to her, her name, it's weirdly spelt, played by Little Nell with her annoying, squeaky, high-pitched voice, as she wheels off a now-drugged-up Brad to his padded cell. Because that's how that one works, you know. Hmm. Back with Bert, playing a quiz with Janet's parents, Emily Weiss, played by Darlene Johnson, and Harry Weiss, played by Manning Redwood. They have 30 seconds to tell all about Brad, and here we find out he's adopted and has no parents as he's an orphan. Also, Janet's mother is scared he's mad. For what reason? Why, for being dull, boring and safe. Yeah, because that makes him mad. Okay then. Here they're conned into, quote, winning their dream house on a set of the new TV show, Happy Homes, where they must live. How very Truman Show. In a white padded cell office set, quote, Dr. Cosmo and Bert celebrate Brad being signed up to permanent care. However, Bert tells him it was not his idea or Janet's, but the new sponsor, Farley Flavors. And cue another song, In My Own Way, sung by Janet in a literal padded cell, which is a padded room with a circular jail cell in the middle of it. Subtle. She sings She's Had Enough of Brad. <laughs> Something you ditch then. <laughs> Walking around the padded cell set, as Farley watches on gleefully chain-smoking, as poor Brad sits doped up in the middle of a jail cell, and what a complete bitch she is. She walks into the set with her mother and father, and now living, as her mother hands her a pink oriental-style dress. Meanwhile, Brad gets given more medicine by the, quote, nurse. And cue product placement galore, as Killer's Conflicts is front and centre as the happy home starts. In this, quote, dream home, everything is giving its product placement from coffee makers to beer to even bloody Charmin toilet paper. As her father plays indoor putting, her mother tells Janet, thank God Brad is an orphan and his mental breakdown would, quote, kill his parents. What the actual fuck? Also, thankfully he's not like, quote, the Straplinsky boy. And cue a shockingly homophobic song, not to mention sexist. Also, this shockingly racist um, comment, quote, your father doesn't like Mexicans. This causes the entire audience to cheer so much for tolerance for the ethnic races. Denton, yes, moving on. Anyway, and on to another shitty song called Thank God I'm a Man, with some shocking lines such as faggots are maggots and men should be the... Misters and the masters of their sisters as he cuts the fake grass. What the fuck was Richard O'Brien thinking? Never mind that, it's back to the quote Dr. Siblings and Bert having dinner. And please tell me this is not another biker. In walks Ricky, wheeling at a white TV and cut to the judge and Betty looking into a conspiracy theory in their all red room. Because as I said, this TV station has multiple shows every 10 bloody minutes back at the dinner table as Bert tells them it's all a setup to make Janet a new TV star and the face of the Faith Factory quote the Faith Factory a new TV show uh, dear 
God. Betty's ex-husband hands her a letter and telling her her show has been cancelled. The letter is an alimony check and she says alimony is rape. Okay then. Back to the dinner as Janet walks in to see if she can see Brad. But she's told no and then told, is she happy? She's then showing a video promo of Farley trying to sell her on becoming a reality TV show. And cue another shit song called, oh I don't know, The Human Race, as Farley basically tells her in song form. He wants to take over the world and wants to have everybody hooked on his shit TV shows. You know, think the Kardashians. Janet asks to see Brad yet again, but is lied to and told Brad hates her and doesn't want to see her. And I would too if, I, if she signed me up to her bloody shortcut Murray's dodgy ass fucking quote doctors, a bloody bitch. Back to Brad, who is now wearing a pinstriped straitjacket in his circular cell in his padded room. Then the judge and Betty, who dig deeper into their new sponsor Farley, and this bit goes nowhere actually, as Janet asks again to see Brad before she heads home. However, she's told she can't go home and must stay in the studio. As outside in the studio, Betty and the judge set up for the night to stick out the building for some god knows reason. And cue another song, Lullaby, as Janet is shown her padded cell room. With the camera panning along, we see all the quote stars of the TV shows in their similar small padded cell rooms. The two quote doctors sing about their love for each other and going for a kiss. Okay then, incest. Moving the fuck right on to Janet singing well about sleep as she turns off her light as it beeps her room in blue. And notice how Janet has a multiple coloured room. It goes from blue to yellow to red at one point. Okay then, must be a Suspiria nod. Hmm. Next is Ricky and the quote nurse singing about night night while he takes picture of her in her Lingerie with a Polaroid camera, and not even the audience is allowed to leave home as they're all tucked in with makeshift blankets. The next morning, uh, Bert purrs on Janet in the shower, uh, proving he is not blind. Lucky, quote, Dr. Nation, comes in to tell her Cosmo is in a wardrobe waiting for her. And cue the, quote, best song of this movie, Little Black Dress, as Janet walks into the wardrobe to Dr. Cosmo, telling her, she is the most wanted and desired woman in Denton. He rips, snips and zips her a sequenced little black dress. Now in heavy makeup and a hideous little black dress, Janet is a new TV star and acts like one singing a song, me, 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 as the judge and Betty watch from the catwalk and this song is a bad a blondie wannabe. Truly fucking terrible, yet fitting for today's generation, because it's all about them. I now concerned Betty and a judge try to talk to Janet, but she's not listening, and she's only listening to the Yes Men as is drunk with fame and power, as all these Yes Men people blow smoke up their arse, or her arse even. To their horror, Betty and a judge find out that not only have they been cancelled, but they have been locked out of their dressing room, and indeed their little office. And they have been cast out and no one wants them around anymore. Mm. Back with Brad, who is now gagged in his cell while wearing the pinstripe street jacket in a padded room. Ah, Janet bursts in to tell him how fabulous she is, much to her parents' shock as she's dressed like a high-class hooker wearing new underwear. In walks the quote doctors and Bert to blow more smoke up Janet's ass and shoot down every concern Janet's parents have over Brad's treatment. 
and fight cue another song shock treatment during this painful song ricky takes polaroids of janet posing with the now seeing bert god this movie's awful meanwhile up in the catwalk betty proclaims to the judge bert can see and it's all fake as the entire room dance arounds Brad in his wheelchair, in the street jacket, in the cell, in the padded room. Uh, Janet is then surrounded by more yes men, telling her how great and fabulous she is. Bert is taken aside to check in with flavours and using his white cane as a radio. As in the quote green room, which is not actually green but it's pink, the doctors find Janet is too big for them and stuff off to be of her fans, all six of them. But they're hardcore, loud, young, dumb and easily led, much like every single fandom today. Betty and the judge go undercover after seeing the Smoke and Murder show alive. And by undercover, I mean they put on a white jacket and that's it. Subtle. Back with the now drugged up Brad, still gagged in the street jacket in the jail cell in the padded room. As old Janet's parents are worried about is what they look like feeding Brad sedatives like it was candy and cue a dream for a drugged up Janet and or Brad and you've guessed it another crappy song called Looking for Trade which has Janet singing in a bright red padded cell um, about how she wants to have sex with younger guys Okay then, all these teenagers are about 13 to 15 and she wants them all because they're quote young blood and young trade. Okay, I'm moving the fuck on because this is terrible. Awakening from her nightmare slash daydream, Janet's fans are let in to see her, but her fans are the band and she tells them they'll have no true friends soon. So with them getting to her and it's all been a few hours, it moves on. In wardrobe, the judge pieces it all together. It's all fake. And cue another song to nowhere called Look What I've Did to My ID. And spot the American Gothic painting in the background as Richard O'Brien sings. The whole TV cast sing and dance with a mirror, but a song about nothing. And God, this movie drags the fuck on. As the cheerleaders whip up the crowd for Janet, Betty breaks into the record room and finds out it's all fake they're all actors well no shit love oh god this movie's awful also cosmo and nation have been using former presence names as their aliases and in fact this would have been better if these were actually riffraffing magneta but no that would be too clever she also finds out brad and farley are twins dun 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 oh god uh, the band sings a bad punk song wannabe as the judge and Betty release a Brad from his party itself. This song's about, I don't know, breaking free or some crap like that. <sighs> Dear God. Finally, Farley Flavors comes out on screen to lead his cult, which he thinks will rule the world, the quote, Faith Factory. Up walks a drugged up or stunned, who the fuck cares? This only has 10 minutes left. Janet! to her to be the new face of this movement. Out walks some news car salesman with a grand prize of a like new soft top convertible. Up next for this terrible dog and pony show is Bert showing off he can see due to Janet's miraculous beauty or some crap on that. Uh, dear God. Did I mention Betty and a judge are now loose in a padded cell maze with a drugged up Brad 
No, well, they're lost in it, so moving on. Anyway, Bert introduces Farley, uh, who finally comes out dressed like a conman 80s TV preacher. He looks straight down the barrel of the camera and spews out his bullshit to the baying audience. Out from behind a huge vanity picture of Janet bursts Brad to accuse Farley in what else? A song about? Well, who cares? This duel between Brad and Farley drags on and on. Quote Dr. Cosmo spins this in Farley's favour and wins back the audience easily once they have turned on him for four seconds, for Christ's sake. Kind of what today, actually, you know, PR spinning things and you'll get your audience back just like that. No such thing as bad publicity after all. Anyway, Janet comes to and helps Brad to his feet and they're cast out along with Betty and the judge. Moving on, Farley hands out pinstriped straight jackets to the audience as they all willingly line up to have shock treatment and evil wins at the end. Not quite. As Brad and Janet kiss and make up, Betty and a judge and a couple, they sing some crappy song. The whole audience then sings Denton again, as Brad, Janet, the judge, Betty and the band all drive off in a convertible as credits roll on this desperate, pathetic, wannabe cult movie, Turkey. I hated everything about this, the songs, the script, the acting, the dancing, the fact it doesn't make fucking sense. This is just a complete waste of bloody an hour and 35 minutes. If you like or indeed love this movie, then more power to your elbow. But to me this thing is a complete and utter mess and a flop. I'm going to give this thing a pitiful 1 out of 10. Still, never mind, come back next week for a good musical in Little Shop of Horrors. The rest of the month is Hairspray and Sister Act. So don't forget to comment, like, share and subscribe. Also, follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod or email me more suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other podcasts of Omen, The Fly, Batman Returns, Aliens and dozens more. Now I'm off to get shock treatment. Can't forget about this bloody turkey. A eh, bye-bye. <laughs>